open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3. We've been taking our text uh, from the book of Joshua. It's a series entitled Barriers to Bridges. And so if you're new to this, I want you to write this down. I'm going to give you a quick recap, and then we're going to get into our um, sermon and message uh, for tonight. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5 through 7 is where we're going to read today. Uh, we've been talking about barriers to bridges. This is the first book of a three-part series that's going to be released uh, uh, hopefully sooner than later. Uh, and we've got, we've got it written, and now our team is getting ready to publish this. And so this is going to be an incredible opportunity to take into prisons, uh, to take everywhere I travel and speak into businesses, and to teach them how to turn barriers into bridges. The very things that try to stand before you and tell you you can't go any further, that glass ceiling has got to come down. Limitations don't belong to those who belong to Christ. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so God hasn't called you to live in the boundaries of others. God has called you to live without the limitations of others and say, I I can do a lot. In fact, I'm probably going to do more than I ever thought I could dream. And I'm going to talk about that tonight. We talked about how those barriers are going to become bridges and those walls become walkways in front of you and the testimonies that happen. And we also talked about in our fir- the second part is how that God had, has divinely created you. You came through your parents, but you came from God. You might have good parents or bad parents. You might not know them. You might know them. Let me tell you, you came from him. And God loves you. God created you. And God purposely called you. You're not here by chance. And I'm going to prove it to you tonight. You're not, you're not here by chance. And then we talked about being courageously confident, like a, like a crazy confidence. Not cocky, but confident, where you just square your shoulders back, lift your chin up, and know that God has called you, created you, and you can be confident who he created you to be and, and walk in that boldness. And if you didn't hear that message, uh, listen to our podcast. Thank you for all those who do follow us on our stream. Uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, write us, review us. Uh, rate us on there so that we can uh, share and uh, get more exposure for wonderful people to be uh, imparted into through those podcasts. Uh, But I want to read this scripture to you. This is probably one of the most incredible scriptures in the Bible. It says this. It says in Joshua chapter uh, uh, chapter 3 verse 5, it says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Everybody say amazing. Uh, that's probably one of the greatest scriptures right there. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. We just talked about last week. He said, hey, don't turn to the right or the left. Stay on the path that I've given you, and you're going to find yourself successful in everywhere you go. Don't fall in the ditch on either side. And now he's upping the ante. He says, you consecrate yourself to me, and I will do amazing things. You want God to do amazing things in your life? Let me share a quick highlight reel of some amazing things that have been happening since this morning. I go, uh, I go to preach this morning about life, the Zoe life, life as God intended, purpose-filled life. And you know what happens? A gunman comes into second service, pulls out a gun with the intent on killing and committing suicide. Our ushers and security team, don't panic, everybody stop sweating. Our ushers and security team, by the time he got to here, grabbed the gun, ushered him out the door, already handled the situation like that. Incredible. That was a miracle in itself. That was a miracle in itself that they were able to usher him out and handle it. This gun that that he had on him was in an armed robbery case already. This man had some serious illness and some serious hurt, some serious pain. Our men were not only, they not only took the time to take care of him, but they ministered to him. 
And yes, he's going to be, he's having to pay the price, but he needs to. And hopefully he gets cleaned up and we see him back at this church, seeing the life of Christ in him. And we're going to pray for him. But I'm telling you, it can't get any more black and white. I'm preaching about life. And someone comes in to take life. You tell me that's not spiritual. You tell me that's not, you tell me that's coincidence. I haven't in the last 15 years of my ministry ever had anything happen like that before. I've been doing ministry in Flagstaff for seven years. No one's ever walked in the door and done that. Not even close to something like that. I'm telling you, God wants to do amazing things among you. God wants to do the incredible for you and protect you from things. You, some of you are like, I didn't even know that that happened. And I probably would have preferred not to know. <laughs> I'm a little nervous right now. Don't worry, security's on guard right now. Can we give it up for our security team right now? <laughs> our security team is incredible. You see these guys with the blue lanyards and the badge, guess what? They mean business. They're going to smile, they're going to love you, but they will carry your butt right out of here if you can't give, cause any trouble. Uh, yeah, do not mess with security, right? Security, we're going to call them. They're going to do amazing things among you. God is going to do amazing things among you. God, well, this morning I shared about a praise report. One of the most amazing things happened. I, I, we wanted to do something crazy for Spring Fest. It's our uh, annual Easter egg hunt. So we go just like we do for Fall Festival. It's awesome. It's incredible. So I called the city because I want to do something crazy, something amazing. And I said, hey, I've got a request. But before I say, I'm talking to the director of Parks and Rec. I said, before I do this, you're going to laugh once I tell you. Hold your laugh, wait till I finish, then laugh, then give me feedback, okay? And so I called her and I, I, we're talking and we're, I, I gave her all this, the, the breakdown and I said, I want to fly a helicopter over Fox Glen Park for our Spring Fest and I want to drop thousands of eggs all over the place from this helicopter. Can you help me make it happen? Now you can laugh. And she goes, she starts giggling and laughing. She's like, oh my God, I've never heard of this ever in my life. She goes, I'll talk to risk management, but let me tell you, I, I'm not going to say an absolute no, but I am going to tell you probably no. <laughs> Our risk management, I don't see how they're going to uh, uh, even come close to approving this. We just denied somebody who said they wanted to just have a helicopter at the event, not moving, not flying, not doing anything. And they said no to them. And she goes, so we'll see. And I was like, well, just let her talk with them, see what happens. I said, we won't be putting it on the ground. We're just going to hover in the air where it's very dangerous, and we're going to shoot eggs out from a helicopter. <laughs> Should be easy. <laughs> so she goes, I'll call you back. So she, I, I text our staff. I said, pray. Then all of a sudden, 15 minutes later, I got a phone call back. She said, you won't believe what happened. She starts laughing. I said, try me. And she said, you got approved. You can fly that helicopter over. And that, that's incredible. That's awesome. We're going to fly a helicopter, guys. <laughs> I, my, my next level dream is that I get to like zip line down from the helicopter. That's, we're going to just keep trying to push the limit and go to another level. Lord wants to do amazing things, just fun things. Did you know God wants, when he says amazing, it's awe-inspiring. It's fun. It's exciting. God doesn't want you to live some dull, boring life. God doesn't want you to sit back and not accomplish anything. God wants to help you accomplish your dreams. You want to know why? Because he knows you love him. Amen. He knows you love him. And God wants to help you do amazing things in your life. 
We're going to hold our another one, a highlight reel here. Uh, we're going to have our, our Easter services to fit everybody. Instead of doing multiple services, we're going to have it at the Archer Auditorium. And it seats 900 on the bottom level. And we're going to pack it out. And we're going to have an incredible time together. And we're going to see God do a great work. And it's going to be one service instead of several. When I told Josh, I said, hey, can you sing seven services on a Sunday? He was like, I don't think my voice can handle it, man. And you know what? I, 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 because you know what? We want to bring the full passion. We want to bring the full of who we are. And, and, and we're going to do one service. And we're going to see God do that. Then on top of that, on the 28th, the week after, all this is in April. One week after another. Then the week after that, we're cutting the ribbon on the dream court. And we're going to launch it for our whole city. First one in northern Arizona. Second one in the state. And it's going to take statewide news. Because look, God wants to do amazing things among you. God doesn't want to just do something amazing for me. He wants to do it amazing for you. I thought when I signed up for Christianity, life was going to suck. I'll be honest with you. I thought it was going to be terrible. I was like, I don't want to be a Christian because it's going to be boring. I'm going to have to be prudish. I'm going to have to, I can't say anything fun E anymore. Uh, I, I, have to, I have to like watch everything. I, I felt like there was going to be so much restriction. But I tell you what, when I really gave my life over to the Lord, I have lived such an incredible life. Such a powerful, I've traveled the world and I'm 35 years old. I became a, a pastor when I was 22 years old, an athletic director when I was 23. I, I have seen more of this world than I ever thought I would. I didn't think I was going to live till I was 25. I overdosed when I was 18 years old. I didn't think I was going to get very far. I was a dropout. I was, I was kicked out of school. I was a pathetic excuse of an individual. And I thought my life will amount to nothing. But when I gave my life to God, come on somebody, when I gave my life to God and I really said, okay, God, can we at least have fun if I give my life to you? I've broken bricks. That's just crazy. I didn't want to do that, but I've done it. I I ran a radio program. You know what my name was? My my radio name? Lando Commando. (laughs) It was either that or Lando Calrissian, which I I don't think either one of them are cool. uh, Now looking back at it, and I have a lot of regret. But I ran Vision 2020. You know, I'll just share this one story with you because while I'm on a story rant here. I had... uh, I had this one time where I was running and I was playing like kind of Christian music on a Christian station. It had a positive message. One lady called in and said, I haven't heard the name of Jesus or heard an organ in the last six songs. And I was like, well, that's on purpose. Click. <laughs> I got butter. And I was like, oh, I had the, I had the most fun. I had another lady, I, I, a guy called in totally crying and said, I, I didn't even know this was a Christian station until that last song. And then I heard the message of Jesus Christ and then, you know what, I gave my life to the Lord. And he goes, can you pray with me right now? I prayed with him on the radio and he gave his heart to God. You know what happened? The next caller said, you forgot to make him repent for all of his sins. And I said, on the air, I said, don't ever call back here again. Click. And I was like, (laughs) hung up on him. Because you know what? God wants to do amazing. God's going to do incredible stuff that you just never dreamed of. And while religious people or or haters out there are going to try to stop you, you just keep steamrolling right over. You just let the momentum build. You just let the momentum steamroll. You know what I was sharing with our men about building momentum uh, this Saturday or a men's breakfast. And I talked about how momentum happens and how you sustain and build momentum. And the one thing that happens with momentum is, let me just tell you this. 
you never stop seeing the rocks and the adversity and the trees. See, if you picture a snowball just snowballing down the hill, the rocks don't stop coming. The snowball just gets bigger. And you just end up taking on adversity a little bit easier, a little bit quicker. And all of a sudden, those little rocks become pebbles. And it becomes a little bit easier. Your momentum carries like that. Let me tell you, God wants to get you on a path of momentum. Where all the stuff that used to just stop you for a while and cause a halt in your life, now you just kind of roll right over. And things can't hold you back from what he's calling you to do. Let me just tell you, when he says, Joshua, I want you to consecrate yourself for tomorrow... I will do amazing things among you. It means dedication. It means to separate, to be given over. Then he says in verse 6, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And Joshua. And then he said, the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Dedication is belief translated into action which is transformed into change. I'm going to say that again for you because I want you to catch this. Dedication, which is our consecrated effort, is belief translated into action, which is transformed into change. You want to see change in your life, you got to start with dedication. you got to, st- you got to start with consecration. you got to start by saying, okay, God, I'm committed to you. It's right up here on the screen if you're trying to write it down. Then the next thing I want to give you, this is another truth, is success uh, uh, is produced by finding significance. And significance can never be found without being given over to something. You have to start with these truths. Why? Because they're so, they, 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 they build a foundation. I, I want, yeah, I want to do amazing things. I want to see success in my life. But it starts by having significance first in my heart and who I am. But significance starts by what am I dedicated to? What am I committed to? What am I given over to? What have I surrendered my life to? What have I humbled myself towards? And said, okay, let's do this. How many things on this earth or anyone on this earth can promise that when you dedicate yourself to this, amazing things will follow? Let me tell you, nothing. Not one thing, not one person. I wish, wouldn't that be awesome? If you invest in this stock, it is just going to grow continually. And you are going to do amazing. If that was a guarantee, man, we would all be wealthy people. But let me tell you, there's not one single thing, not one single investment on this earth and anywhere, heaven and earth, other than Jesus Christ and who he is in our life, that you can dedicate your life to him and he can guarantee that amazing things will follow you. Jesus said, these signs and wonders will follow those who follow me. You want amazing things to follow your life? You ought to check who you're following. You ought to check who you've dedicated yourself to. You ought to check and say, okay, who have I given myself over to? 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will, three parts here, will hear them from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Amazing things are what follow those who seek God or those who consecrate themselves to the Lord, those who say, okay, God, you're number one, and, and I'm all in. This is the all-in factor, and I want you to write this down. Before you get anywhere, you need to know whether you're, not, you're all in or not. We say it like this. He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. God doesn't know how to play second. God doesn't know how to play backup. God doesn't know how to play a sixth man. God doesn't know how to play. Oh, just put me in whenever you're ready. I'm just on the team. Just in case you start losing, you can put me into the game and I'll help you win. 
No, 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 that's not how God works. That's not how God works. We need to decide whether we're all in on this, whether we're all in on this church thing, this Christian life, right? Are you all in with Covenant Church? I like their worship. Kind of like their preaching. He's all right. As long as he tells two or three jokes, I'll keep coming. <laughs> what, 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 is the, what is the factor? Oh, well, if, as long as they prove that they've got this and this and we've got a checklist and we've got... When, 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 I, when I see all of the... We, we have this little thing that, whether it's church or Christ or the, the life that we're wanting to... We, we have this checklist, this imaginary checklist that many of us, none of us have written up, but somewhere in our heart and our mind, we have committed and consecrated ourselves more to this list than to really giving ourselves over and trusting and having faith with God. Let me tell you, if you know everything about this church, about Christianity, about living for God, about... Uh, uh, doing ministry or about whatever God's called you, there's no need for faith. When you know it all, what do you need faith for? So if you're waiting to figure something out and to know something more, then just say, I don't need any faith, God, in my life. That's a dangerous prayer. You ought to understand, you're not, you're not waiting to, for it all to click. <laughs> oh, yeah, now I've got it. I've figured it out. This is the right place. No, no, no. God's waiting for you. This is, this is how Scripture always starts. And let me just give this to somebody who's hearing it for the first time. Scripture throughout, from Genesis all the way through Revelation says, If you, then I. It, it doesn't go the other way around. <laughs> I will, then you'll. No, 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 no. If you, because he's already got it ready, then I. If you will do what you can, God will do what he must. But God is waiting on you to step out. God is waiting on your excuses to drop because your promise is right on the other side of the fence of excuses that you've built. The fence of, right, most of me belongs to him. I, I, I've given a lot. You know, I, I, I tithe. I, tithe. I don't have time to serve, but I tithe, man. Look, the Lord isn't looking for your money. And if you're giving your money to fulfill some religious act, you need to take it back and don't give another dime to this church. You want to know why? It's not blessed. And I want your life to be blessed. I want your life to see amazing things. I want God to do a great work in you. I want God to fulfill every area of your life and bring uh, the fulfillment of your desires. Uh, I, I have, has anybody ever seen those areas in their life where they're just not all in? <laughs> I, I went to run a marathon one time. Yeah, why, why, you know, I, I don't appreciate it when people giggle uh, when I said I went to run a bear. I run sometimes. My friends know me as uh, the chest and bicep guy. That's all I do when I go to the, they're like, hey, you keep wearing those skinny jeans. You're going to have to actually fill them out and get some legs on you, young man. <laughs> do a leg day every once in a while. I, I was my buddy who made me do a marathon one time, half marathon. Uh, I, I was like, he kept calling me six months in advance. Hey, I signed you up. We're going to go do this. You can do it. You're athletic. Let's make it happen. Sedona Marathon. So I was like, okay, let's do this. All right. He said, start training. Okay. So what did I do? I went and shot around a basketball. I'm like, yeah, I'm walking. I'm moving. <laughs> I'm throwing a basketball around. He calls me three months out. Hey, you training? You running? Yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. I, I haven't run more than a mile. 
Guarantee you. And so then after that, then he calls me two weeks out. Hey, you training? You running today? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I went up and down the stairs like twice. You know, yes, I'm running. And, and you know what? I got up the next day. I barely survived when I ran that half marathon. I, I almost died. Like, I thought I was going to die. I said, why? We, uh, we were, first part of it, man, I was all hype. I'm like, we were praying. We were praising Jesus by the second part. I was cussing him out. I'm like, why did you make me do this? This is the stupidest thing. I don't even know why people do this. This is so terrible. I'm like, I can't feel my legs. And I had to preach that night. I had to come back to Flagstaff, and I, I literally was, I, I said, I, I can't move my legs. I'm talking to a crowd of 700 students, and I was like, I'm just going to stay in one place. And if I lock my knees, I won't fall over. But it was because, you know what? I wasn't all in. I probably would have done pretty good if I, and it wouldn't embarrass myself. Would have gotten a better time if I would just went all in. How many, th- how many times in our life have we just, sac- have we just gone, I-, I like being a C-plus student. I like just giving a little bit. Uh, just enough to get by. Just enough to be called a Christian. Just enough to, for Jesus to stay close, close by and help me when I need him. Are, are, are you going to be? Because what, see, what, when they said consecrated, you know what that meant? It meant circumcision. Because, yeah, take a deep breath, man. That's not where we're going. But we're, it meant circumcision. And you know what happened? All those kids and all the people who were born in Egypt and all the ones who were born in the wilderness hadn't been circumcised and consecrated to the Lord. And God almost killed Moses for it. He said, Moses, I'm going to kill you for what you've done. They haven't been consecrated and given over to me. And this is your fault. I'm not putting it on them. You're the leader. You better take some ownership. God almost killed him. That's how serious God is with this. That's why the blessing of it is so big. And so what did Joshua do? Joshua, Joshua did exactly what the Lord called him to. And there were so many men that were circumcised, they call it the hill of skin. Gross, right? We're not going to talk about that. So how do we do that now? How do you consecrate yourself? How, how do you do that? I'm going to show you how. Number one, look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 through 17. And now Israel, what does the Lord God require of you? That's what he's asking us tonight. But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve him, uh, uh, serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And to keep the commandments and the statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you from, uh, for you today for your good. He's like, come on, get it. This is for your benefit. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heavens of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them. You above all peoples. As you are this day, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and no longer be stubborn. I want you to underline that. For the Lord your God is God of gods, Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God who is not partial and takes no bribe. What he was saying by that is, look, there's no other way around this. Your giving won't cut it. You don't buy your way into the kingdom you got to circumcise your heart. What have you committed your heart to? That's where the book of Revelations, he talks to the first church. He says, church, you've done good, but you left your first love. And for that, I hold it against you. God is looking for your heart. How do you circumcise today? 
You circumcise all the things you've attached your heart to that come before God. Start cutting off the things that have come before Him. Deuteronomy 30 verse 6 says, The Lord your God will circumcise you in your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, and live. Doesn't that sound like a verse we know in the New Testament? Let me read it how Jesus put Luke 10, 27. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and he ups the ante, love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't know how to love your neighbor as yourself, you're not really surrendered over to the Lord. You gotta actually love each other. Turn to your neighbor and say, I really love you. <laughs> if you didn't have anybody near you, I'm gonna tell you right now, I love you. <laughs> Some people, I do this on the front row all the time. I'm always left up here by myself. I'm like looking around like who I can talk to. And let me tell you, God loves you. And God's looking for all of your heart, not part of your heart. God's looking for you to consecrate yourself to him. That means going all in. It means surrendering. It means saying, okay, God, I'm going to take up my cross and follow you. I'm going to give you all my heart. Which brings me to my second point, and this is my last point for tonight that I want to share with you is this. you got to carry his banner, not yours. Because what did he tell him after that, consecrating him? He said, take up the Ark of the Covenant and go before everybody. you got to carry his banner, not yours. you got to carry his desires, not yours. you got to carry his resume, not yours. you got to carry his glory, not yours. you got to carry his honor, not yours. you got to pick up his cross and follow him. Right? We're not called to carry our stuff. But most of our stuff, we don't want to carry. Let's be real. <laughs> most of our baggage, we're usually like this. Please take it. Take it all. <laughs> we're just like, we're like shaking off the, the garbage luggage. We're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. But the hard part is, even the good in your life. Even all, a lot of people, what they do is this. You, you've seen it before. Uh, they come out there and like, well, I, I, I'm educated. I've got three degrees and I've got this. And we, we come out and we carry our resume before us. And we talk to people. The first thing when we greet people, hi, my name is. And we talk our name and we talk our title. We talk a lot about what we've accomplished in life. We talk where we've been in life. We talk about all the good things in our life. But the last thing we talk about low on the rung is who Christ is in our life. Because we're not carrying him first. The first thing out of our mouth in our conversations with our friends has nothing to do with God. I know a, a, a wonderful reverend uh, who lived his whole life and he would repent if he had gone more than 15 minutes without talking about Jesus. 15 minutes. Now that's dedication. That's allowing the Lord to go before you. That's allowing the God's conversation to rule your conversation. That's allowing God to say, okay, instead of going around, Josh, I'm the victim. I'm the victim. Did you know I'm a victim? Did you know what I've gone through? Did you know my problems? Did you know what I'm, instead of carrying around that card and that banner, oh, did you know this? I've gone through this and I've done this. And do you know who I am? And do you know where I come from? Put it down. Why are you telling people that? Why are you even talking about it? Did you give it to God or did you not give it to God? Because all we're communicating is I don't trust God and God's not better than what I've done. I mean, it's a dangerous game where we got to say, okay, God, I, I'm really giving this up and I'm really allowing you to go before me. That's why Paul said, I am passionately persuaded for the cause of Christ. And Paul was able to confess that the Holy Spirit has already gone before him and he's preparing a way in cities and opening up doors. You want God to really prepare a way for you? You got to let him, you got to let him carry you.
You gotta, you gotta start carrying his identity and then allow the Holy Spirit to go before you. Are you so concerned that you're still carrying yesterday's wounds and yesterday's problems and, and the first thing out of your mouth is how, you, how you're doing or what you've coming through, what you haven't gone through? We've got to start dropping some of this stuff. Did you really leave it? Did you really lay it before the Lord? Did you really start lay it down so that you can? How are you going to carry? Let me ask you a question. How are you going to carry his banner when you're still carrying your baggage? <laughs> At some point, we've got to let it go. We've got to say, okay, God. I gotta, I gotta drop this stuff. I, I, I've been playing the excuse card for way too long, and I gotta start carrying this. You know, when I was younger, uh, another thing that I had a problem with is, is, is I wasn't really surrendering my identity for His. In Matthew 20, uh, 16, verse twenty-four, it says, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Deny yourself and who you think you are." I, I, I used to think I was a, a gangster. I dressed in pure players with a Z, that's a brand, Timberland. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Reuben, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> Reuben's like, no, I would never. I, I dressed in FUBU. I dressed in, I had a chain that hung down to my knees. I, I wore do-rags. I'm not kidding. I was crazy. I, I thought I was more like Tupac, but I was closer to Malibu's Most Wanted. And I was, it was pathetic. It was terrible. And let me tell you, my life sucked. Because I constantly tried to live according to what I thought rather than what he thought of me. And God can never bless who you're pretending to be. You keep pretending to be something and pretending to be the victim and pretending to be this person who's the tail and not the head, pretending to be the person who's got it all together, pretending to be the person who's got it figured out, pretending the person who doesn't deal with hurt, pretending to be the person, whatever the fake and false and fi a fictional identity that you've created, you've got to go ahead and lay that down and start carrying the Lord. Because everybody who knows you should know one thing, that they're a follower of Christ and everywhere they go, they exude it in everything that they do. Man, they're always happy. They're always joyful. They're always in Engaged. They're always excited. They're always full of life and energy. Can people say this about you? Because if they can't say it about you, you're carrying part of the wrong identity. Because I don't hear one part about Jesus like, oh man, you know, I'm just, just, I'm not in a good mood, guys. I'm just having a melancholy day. I want everybody to be low key. And we're just going to take it easy. I hear about Jesus marching from one city to the next, and every time the disciples said, stay and rest, he's like, no, we got to go to the next one. we got to keep going. You want more life and energy in your bones? you got to start carrying his banner. you start, got to start carrying, okay, God, you got to, I'm going to carry what you've called me to carry. Matthew 11:30 says this, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. we got to start carrying his standard, his spirit, and his statutes. Declare his name everywhere we go and declare his praises in everything we do. That's where your authority is going to be found. That's where the enemy is all of a sudden going to start noticing who you are. Because you have the armor of God on you. Because your people see Christ on you. Because the enemy sure isn't afraid of you. But I can tell you who he is afraid of. I, I can tell you who he is afraid of. Seven sons of Sceva, my last thing that I want to share with you tonight. Uh, seven sons of Sceva in the New Testament. These young boys had knowledge but had no relationship. Tried to carry something they thought and they knew, but not something that they had a true understanding of. And they were like, let's go cast out demons. <laughs> I don't know, too many young people actually want to do that. They go to cast out demons. When they get there, 
this demon-possessed man who had been hurling people and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, he, he looked at him, he says, who are you? Oh, I know Paul. Oh, I know Jesus. Who are you? Do you really want to all of a sudden, we're talking, let's go back to what we're talking about. We're talking about turning barriers into bridges, the very gates of hell that the enemy tries to say, you are never going to get farther in life. You are never going to succeed. I'm going to ensure it. I'm going to send my little minions to torment you and stop you and deter you and distract you. And the enemy is going to come against you like a flood the moment you step out and try to follow and pursue the life that Christ has intended for you. But when God, when they look at you, are they seeing you? and wondering who are you or do they see Christ in you and then they go running because what happened to these young men is they went over to do this and they got their tails whooped so bad they got beat naked I've been beat up before Reuben and I'm man enough to admit it but I've never gotten beat naked except maybe by my grandmother <laughs> And she's the only one. I was probably five years old. She said, I'm going to pull your pants down, young man, and spank you right here, right now. <laughs> Grammy, I love you. It's one time. I, I, have no heart, I, have no, I hold no bitterness towards you. <laughs> I've never gotten... Look, the enemy wants to destroy you and take everything from you. Seek, kill, and destroy your life. He is not playing a game. And until you wake up and understand that you are not playing a game, that you are in warfare, warfare like a guy coming into a church trying to take people's life, warfare that says, no, 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 we got to find a way to stop this church from doing and reaching the prison system and reaching the community and doing things no one's ever done before. we got to find a way to cause a distraction, to cause hurt, to cause pain. I'm going to come against them. But yet the moment that the enemy comes to those doors, that's when the Spirit of God says, no, 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 you can't come in here. Not in this house. Can, the, can, can, the, can that be said about you? Are you consecrated to carry? And I want to close today with just this, this simple thought. We need, to, we, need to, we need to go ahead and lay it all. We need to really circumcise our heart and dedicate our life to the Lord. And let me just tell you, you may have been living for God for a long time. Have you arrived? Or is there more room for you to work on? And then even beyond that, are, are, do, do, what do pe how do people identify you? What do people say about you? you say you're the most positive, wonderful person they ever met? Because they ought to. You're the most life-giving, encouraging person I've ever seen. Man, I feel the love of Christ from you every time I see you. That's the banner you ought to carry, folks. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's huge. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you right now under the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit. Your word has gone forth. Your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. And God, it's going on to good soil where it's going to reap a good harvest. And you are going to do amazing things in the lives of everybody right now because we're going to consecrate ourselves tonight. We're going to consecrate ourselves and we're going to carry your banner. We're going to carry your standards. We're going to carry your statutes. And Lord, we're going to pick up our cross and follow you. Lord, we thank you that everybody from now on is going to really identify us as the Christ followers we should be. And miracle signs and wonders will follow us because we follow you. With every head bowed and every eye closed here and online, 
if this message spoke to you and there's an area that you that came to mind it's too close to the heart and you've given part of your heart away to it you need to let it go tonight is your night maybe the message about carrying his standards and you've been carrying that victim flag a little too long you've been carrying that your banner and your resume of how good you are and how much you've got it together maybe you need to put it down and you need to start carrying his cross and you need to start let people identify you as a follower of Christ if that's you with no one looking around I want you to raise your hand right now thank you for the hands going up all over the sanctuary come on keep them high keep them raised I want to pray for you that's bold faith that's awesome. That's mature faith right there. Mature faith. And I thank you for that. Because that's deep. That's the Lord taking you to another level. You're not going to leave here today with the same issues you walked into. You're not going to leave here today feeling the same way. You're going to go to another level. Some of you have been doing good. Great is on the horizon. Some of you have been doing great works. And amazing is on the next step for you. Because the Lord says you're going to consecrate yourself and carry what I've called you to carry. I'm going to go before you. With every hand raised and heart that's open here and online, I want to pray with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every hand that's raised and heart that's open. And God, I pray right now, we're going to surrender it. I just want you to begin to even whisper if you can. I want you to surrender those things that you need to surrender. Lord, I don't want that attached to my heart. Lord, I've allowed this to become a piece, Lord, of me, and I put it before you. God, I'm dedicated, I'm separated, apart for you. God, and you have called me to live as such. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that we're going to circumcise the things that don't need to be. And I'm surrendering my whole heart to you tonight. My whole heart to you. And Lord, I I pray that if there's anyone in here who's been carrying the wrong banner, carrying the wrong stuff, it's time to lay that stuff down. Good, bad, or indifferent. It's time to lay that down. And people aren't going to define you anymore as what you used to be. People are going to start defining you now as who you're called to be. And Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that you're going to speak, Lord, fresh identity, fresh anointing, fresh encouragement to every hand that's raised. God, you're going to have a fresh outpouring of joy and happiness, God, in every home, in every career, in every life, in every marriage, God, Lord, in every family. And Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that you're speaking to your children right now. And you're going to strengthen them like never before. And we are going to see the pouring out, God, the pouring out of amazing works in our life. Because we have consecrated ourselves, and because now you go before us. It's not me and my will that goes before us anymore. It's not my word that carries and goes before anymore. It's your spirit that goes before us. And Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this opportunity. God, this isn't just a decision we're doing by raising our hands. We're changing our life. Our hand is raised as a physical act of faith to declare what's happening in the supernatural. And Lord, we thank you that we surrender and we worship you and love you just as your word just called us to with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and with all of our mind. We surrender. And Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this opportunity. And we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's give God some praise, Covenant Church.